0: The Big Sky Breakdown, Coulter Nuanas. As always, you can find this podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com, coming to you on the first Thursday of October. Can't believe it's already October, and it feels like a crisp air across Montana. It was downright cold in Bozeman last weekend as I was over there covering the Montana State Northern Arizona game. In the meantime, the Grizz were just rolling UC Davis in sunny Davis, California, Montana. Comes up with a signature victory, 45 20 over the number four team in the FCS. And that's what we'll be talking about in this Big Sky Breakdown. We will be talking about that as well as previewing Montana's homecoming game. The cat sat on the against Idaho State on Saturday afternoon in Missoula. In this podcast, you will hear from Montana head coach Bobby Hauk. you also hear from Idaho State head coach Rob Fennessey, who spent seven years as the offensive coordinator at Montana under Coach Hauk during Coach Hauk's first tenure at Montana between 2003 and 2009. And we'll also hear from a couple of Grizz players who was able to make it down to practice and talk to Robbie Hauk, Bobby Hauk's son uh, and starting strong safety, a sophomore who is right up there among the nation's leaders in tackles. And also had a great interview with Cy Sermon, who Who's a senior center, a team leader, and a guy who's played all sorts of positions on the field but has finally found a home in the middle of Montana's offensive line. As always, this Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Selway Armory. Selway Armory with locations in both Bozeman and Missoula. If you're in Bozeman, go check out the new Selway Armory out Jackrabbit Lane. It's a beautiful store, huge space, great inventory ton of firearms, ton of ammunition, anything you need when it comes to your firearm needs. Selway Armory's got you covered. And no matter where you're shopping, Missoula or Bozeman, take the Selway Armory Challenge. You can also shop online, selwayarmory.com. Selway Armory Challenge, shop with us for a year, and they guarantee you that you will save money compared to the big box stores. This podcast also presented in part by Town Pump. Town Pump, Montana's best since 1953. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Town Pump near you. On my trip to Bozeman last week, I stopped to and from, Town Pump, I think four different times, got some gas, got some water, a Gatorade, got some Gardettos, they got all sorts of stuff at Town Pump, whatever you need, whether it's some jerky or some candy or some chips, maybe a caffeine drink, even if you need some beer on the way home, don't drink it while you're driving, but if you need some beer for when you get home, they got a great beer and wine selection as well, Town Pump, Montez Best since 1953, no matter where you're at, there's a Town Pump food store near you. Oh, by the way, we'll also hear from Ryan Tutel from ESPN Missoula, how can I leave out the main guy, he'll be the last segment of this deal. After we hear from both Bobby Houck, Rob Fennessy, and a couple of Grizz players, Robbie Houck and Cy Sermon, without further ado, Bobby Houck from before October 2nd, Wednesday, October 2nd's practice leading into homecoming week.
1: Hey, Coulter, Town Pump is across the state of Montana, just like Skyline Sports MT, for that matter. Well, Skyline Sports across the globe, two Tell Nuanas across the state. Okay, back to Town Pump. I get it. All right.
0: Seems like you can't turn anywhere in Montana without seeing a Town Pump. Like they say, there's one right down the road,
1: and they got you covered no matter what you need. That's right. Gas and convenience stores, of course, the best and nicest convenience stores. Excellent bathrooms, I might add, which I appreciate very much at Town Pump. But also, if you're looking for a little leisure time, leisure activities, the casinos, the liquor stores, they have everything that you need. Great prices on beer and wine, all the snacks and
0: food you could ever want. Town Pump Food Stores, Montana's best since 1953. Been down here before with the band playing in the background, but now it's homecoming week, so anything extra special? What do you like about homecoming week on Kips at the University of Montana? Yeah,
2: Well, the band's getting ready, too, just like we are. And You know, I think the best thing about it is it's its uh, this specific game a lot of people who only make one game a year get here so get to reconnect with a lot of old friends and being a an alum as well as having a long history here you get to see a lot of people that you know.
0: I love it. I got friends coming from all over the country. I got somebody even come from Australia coming back for the game so you gotta love it but uh, you talk all the time about a hey, big win whatever because if you don't win them all. It can negate any sort of big win. Every game is a big game in college football. So how have you expressed that to your team this week, coming off of beating the number four team in the country but coming with a really talented Idaho State team coming to town?
2: Well, I think that's the art of putting together a good season is, is learning how to win games and big games and then come back and do it again the next week. And So I think you have to enjoy it. and. Uh, embrace the, uh, the good time around the victory and then uh, get ready to put it in the rearview mirror at the start of the week. And I, I think our guys have done that. A lot of guys that have played in that game last week that hadn't played in much college football, but the seniors have good uh, leadership ability and they're helping.
0: That leads me right to my next question. Some of those guys, on the especially specifically on the defensive front, hadn't played a lot and they played great. So how would you evaluate guys like Jacob McGoring and Milton Manumula kind of taking advantage of their first real college action? In the biggest guy.
2: Yeah, it's kind of disconcerting as the head coach to look out there and at times see multiple freshmen, no matter <laughs> ones or twos on the D-line. But, but they're holding up and making some plays. Uh, they're getting a little bit more refined as the season goes on. The more they play, the better they get. So, um, you know, we've got some liabilities there, but they seem to be holding up.
0: Everybody talks about the passing game at Idaho State, but when you watch their offense, so much of it's keyed by the inside zone stuff that they do. How important is it to slow down Ty Flanagan and and the other running backs on that inside zone stuff that they do?
2: Well, you have to stop the run first. No matter who you're playing, it doesn't really matter. Uh, if if anybody runs the ball, then you've got a problem. So uh, they do run a lot of zone, but they have gap plays too. So you know they've got plenty of offense to get to and we need to tackle their backs and get off blocks and all the things that good defenses do.
0: We talked a lot about your connection with Rob Fennessy, but also Mike Fairter, a guy who played here for you, the offensive coordinator there now. I know he started his coaching career with you as a GA at UNLV as well. So what have you thought of just Mike's rise through the coaching ranks now as being an offensive coordinator in the big sky?
2: Well, I'm a big fan of Mike. Obviously, we, we recruited him when nobody else did and then coached him for five years and then gave him his first coaching job. So. Uh, love seeing our former players have success, and, and obviously Mike's doing a real nice job for Rob down there at Idaho State.
0: Sort of a homecoming for him as well. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it.
2: Yep. Go Grizz. Thanks.
0: Next up here from Idaho State head coach Rob Fennessy. He spent from 2003 to 2009 on Bobby Houck's staff at Montana. As the offensive coordinator, they went with Houck to UNLV for another five years, so those guys spent a lot of time together. And as we hear here, they still talk all the time, still close friends. So Rob Fennessy been the head coach at Idaho State for three years. Helped ISU to their first winning record since 2014, and just their third this this century, I should say, uh, last season. And uh, they're a dangerous team. They're an underrated team, in my opinion. I think they got some of the best skilled players in the league, with quarterback Matt Struck surrounded by two of the best receivers in the league, and Mitch Guller and Mikey Dean, both seniors, and senior running back Ty Flanagan. So they got some dudes to get the ball to, and they're playing a lot better on defense this year as well. So here's what Rob Fency had to say about returning to Missoula. We go now to the Rangitz Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in Idaho State third year head coach Rob Fennessey. Coach Fennessey, thanks so much for being with us.
3: Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, talk with y'all.
0: Idaho State at Montana for homecoming on Saturday afternoon at Washington Grizzly Stadium, and sure to be a great Big Sky Conference clash. Coach, before we get into this game, though, let's talk about just the scope of your season so far. An interesting season for Idaho State because with the extra non-conference game, which comes around every five years, you guys were actually finally able to play a non-conference FCS opponent for the last 10 or so, maybe even more than that, years. Idaho State usually playing an FBS, maybe two, uh, and then a Division II team, and you hardly ever get to play an actual FBS non-conference. You guys got to play Northern Iowa uh, as well as you know playing a couple of game, up games and, and as well as a division 2 game too so just overall how do you think your team did during the non-conference schedule where do you think you guys are at right now
3: uh it was uh it was yeah it was interesting we went from uh, uh we jumped we, you know we started with Western Colorado who's an improved division 2 team and and uh came out of that one with a victory and then went down and played a uh Utah team that was playing with a ton of confidence you know a lot like the Grizzlies going to uh Dots and in playing the Ducks, um, you know, a tough a tough environment to play in, and a very very good defense. And uh, uh, you know, um, I had to talk ferder off the ledge a little bit pretty <laughs> for points. And uh, but you know, you look at it, and they held they held Washington State to thirteen. Washington State's the number one passing office in the nation, so uh, we didn't feel so bad after that. And then uh, go out to a to a uh, a tough place to play uh, um, out in the Unidome out in cedar falls and 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 slug it out with uh northern iowa a little bit and uh you know our our defense felt pretty confident coming out of that knowing that you know they they held them to 13 points and frankly you know on offense we gave up three of those and really held them to 10 so uh and then kind of put it all together all all the frustration um and well the good thing about northern iowa you know like you mentioned it was a non-conference fcs game that was the first time since 2008 yeah, that, that idaho state did that and and you know, with our athletic director Pauline Theros, she she really wants to get to those games rather than we're not playing any more D2s. We'll always have an FCS non-conference from here on out. So kind of fired up about that. You know, I'd rather I'd rather do that and play totally play like you know like teams. And then uh, said Portland State uh, came in for the Big Sky opener, and and any Big Sky win is a big win, and and uh, you know it's it's a chance to be one and zero uh, and be in first place in Big Sky for the week. So it was fun. Kids have kids responded.
0: Watching you guys the last couple of years, especially since Mike Verder took over your offense and you guys have been collaborating on that, it seems as if when you guys get rolling, there's a certain element of rhythm and a certain element of momentum. And just watching the Portland State-Idaho State game back last week, I mean, you guys were just absolutely on fire in that second quarter. Uh, you guys go to into halftime up 41-10, to 10, uh, but just absolutely laying it on them. But Matt Struck back in the starting lineup as your quarterback and he he was accurate. He was throwing uh, unbelievably good deep balls, and he ends up throwing six touchdowns on just sixteen completions. So, uh, first of all, what does Matt bring to your offense? And second of all, how much of a factor can momentum be when you guys really get rolling?
3: Yeah, um, Matt has a big arm. You know, that's uh, that's one thing. And there and there's not a throw that uh, whether it's good or bad or right wrong or different. There's not a throw that he doesn't think he can make. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have to we have to live with that sometimes, but. Uh, uh, no, he just brings, uh, you know, he understands the system. Mike has done a fabulous job with him. You know, Mike Fair is a really good, really good coach. Mm. And, uh, and, he, you know, he's got Matt going in the right direction. And uh, I'm sorry, what was your, the second part of the question?
0: Just the element of momentum, because, I mean, I know you guys run so okay. much of the run-pass option stuff, so it seems like when the run game's working, now the pass is working. When the pass is working, the run game starts working. seems like you guys can just build so much momentum within the scope of a drive.
3: Yeah, it's uh it, it's kind of weird. It, it it Mike gets into a rhythm and the quarterback gets into a rhythm and then the whole offense gets into a rhythm and and you know, you can't put a finger on it. It's just a matter of going out and and executing and and not not getting any hiccups along the way, but if you do have a hiccup, you got to overcome it and and get back on track.
0: Tell me about the way you guys got Matt Struck to Idaho State, because looking at his bio, it's very interesting. He's a standout in high school, but then he goes to a junior college, and I know at Riverside Community College, he had a couple star guys in front of him, Victor Viramontes and Travis Johnson, both guys who were former you know, Power 5 players, and so not many reps for Matt Struck there either. How did you guys end up finding that he was a guy that had the ability that he does?
3: Well, you know, going into last year, we had Tanner Geller, obviously, as yep. a as starter, and, uh, I don't know how struck, I don't know how Mike got, uh, how struck got in touch with Mike or I don't, I don't know what the whole background with that was, but it was like, Hey, take a, you know, take a look at this guy. He has some practice film. And, uh, and he had a, like I said, you can see on the film, he had a big arm and yeah, he was behind a guy that went to Minnesota and the guy that went to, uh, the Bozeman school. And so he, uh, um, he didn't get much time, but so he came up here and, and, uh, he was actually late getting into 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 camp year. He missed the first four days due to due to a class he had to finish up. And so we're lucky he had a redshirt year. You know, he didn't have time to get the install from last year and he redshirted he was on scout team all last year. And then uh, with Tanner uh, leave, you know, graduating, being done with his eligibility in, in the at the end of the fall, uh, you know, we we looked around for a transfer quarterback and that didn't pan out and uh you know, we, we saw Matt had the tools and, and we started to, you know, develop him and, and, and Gunner, the two that we had and and really, you know, it took Matt a while to master the offense and really towards the end of fall camp is where he started to uh, come into his own with it. So uh, yeah, just interesting interesting deal. You know, a kid came here as a walk on and uh, uh, we put him on scholarship before this fall.
0: What a story. You guys have all sorts of interesting stories at Idaho State. Rob Fennessey okay. joining us on the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. He is the third-year head coach at Idaho State. His team coming to Missoula, Montana to play the Montana Grizzlies for homecoming on Saturday afternoon. And speaking of interesting stories, i got to ask you about your two senior receivers. Mitch Guller, a former professional baseball player who's going on probably 25 or 26 years old right now, playing his senior year. And then Mikey Dean, maybe one of the smallest, but... Uh, arguably the fastest player in the entire Big Sky Conference, a five foot six guy who was a former uh, just absolute speed demon on the track and still competes for Idaho State and track. So those two guys, how do you think they compare and contrast uh, each other and how do they fit into your guys' offense?
3: Yeah, it's, it's yin and yang, man. One's big and physical, the other one's little and, you know, shifty. But, you know, you mentioned interesting stories. You know, that's how we got to get outstanding players here at Idaho State. You know, yeah, we're going to recruit hard. And and we're going to pull some guys, but you know we have to take a guy like Mikey Dean, who's right. five five, you know, uh, and take a chance on him. Uh, you know, otherwise we won't get. You know, Mikey's five seven, five eight. He's not here. Right. Uh, you know, Mitch Guller, uh, Yeah, he'll turn twenty six the week we play BYU. So he'll be as old as the rest of the BYU. <laughs> no
0: doubt. But uh,
3: yeah, but uh, um, you know, Mitch uh, uh, brings a lot of maturity. You know, because he's had to he's had to work for a living already for right. 40, You know, he's he's been in in the real world where your performance matters, uh, whether you put food on your table or not, more or less. And so, this whole football thing to him is just fun. You know, school school to him is comes easy and it's fun because it's like he's been out there in the real world. So, uh, no, they're two two uh, I said di- diverse guys, but uh, the thing that's great about both of them is they know the entire offense. Mm-hmm. You know, they could play any position, basically, if uh need be. Now obviously we wouldn't put Mikey at center, it'd be kind of funny, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're 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 just uh two guys that you know there's they they play off of one another and they understand each other and and uh you know they're both elected captains this year. So team team respects them and that says a lot about those two.
0: I know state out Montana on Saturday afternoon and Coach Fennessey you coached at Montana for seven years and you coached with Bobby Houck for more than a decade and this will be your first time as a head coach coaching against a guy that you worked for for so long. What do you expect that experience to be like?
3: Uh, you know, we talk basically every week during, right. you know, and, and then uh, and then he, he, you know, I have, we sent congratulatory texts Saturday and uh you know, last week he said was, hey, make sure you get everything you need, make sure everybody's taking care of you. If not, let me know. And you know, obviously, we won't we won't talk all week just because you know it's a competitive deal where you're you're trying to prepare. He's trying to prepare, and uh, it, it'll be once the game start, You know, all that stuff kind of goes out the window. About you know, you, you get focused on your team, just like going against uh, Ty Gregorac the right. last couple years at Montana, Montana State. You know, I've known Ty for a super long time, but once the game gets going, you don't you don't think about that. You know, it all goes into your preparation. And but once the game goes, you know, that's uh, uh, the game kind of it doesn't run itself, but it runs itself, you know. And it, it'll be fun, you know, seeing all those guys, seeing CJ and uh, Justin Green and Rosie and uh, Kent Bear, and you know, it's funny. I go through there; I know basically everybody on right. on their staff. <laughs> so uh, it'll it'll be fun. And you know, we got a lot of crossover with Fereder and uh, KB Hall, and then even our our strength coach Dan Ryan and even our mm-hmm. equipment manager Quentin Cohorst. He he worked at UNLV with us, so uh we we got there's a lot of crossover in this deal. It'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um one one thing I was going to say, he's probably telling the team that uh that he and I if we did Oklahoma drill out before the game in the middle of the field, he would probably beat me, but I'm going to say no. I I would I would smack him around. <laughs> that, hey hey that is a joke people. joke ha ha. Uh,
0: I love it. I love it. Well, uh, last couple of questions for you, Coach. When you look at Montana, I mean, they, they have taken a big jump since a year ago, but do you see that on film, and where, and where do you see maybe the progress that they've made uh, since Coach Houck is back in the fold?
3: Well, shoot, they're playing with a ton of confidence. They're yep. playing grizzly football the way that, that you know grizzly football is played. Um, they're, they're playing very physical on defense, playing fast on offense, making plays. They've got three great receivers. They have a, a really good running back quarterback, you know, controls the whole thing. And, and like I said, defense is very physical, very sound, very fast, and they uh, they get to the ball. And you just see there's a little energy going right now. And, and uh, uh, you come into a homecoming game where it's going to be uh, arguably the biggest crowd of the year, as it usually is, and, and it's it's going to be an exciting game. And I'm kind of fired up. I've been getting a lot of text uh, all week from former players uh, that are fired up, like, hey, can't, can't wait to see it, man. It's going to be great, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and then, Faraday, too. You know, if I go back to my phone and look how many guys from the 09, 08, 07, even back to the 03, teams that are texting me saying, hey, this, you know, can't wait to see you, coach. It's going to be fun. That that makes it kind of feel good.
0: A homecoming of sorts all across the board. Montana hosting Idaho State for a homecoming game, and a lot of Idaho State coaches coming back to a place for the coach for a long time. Rob Fennessey joining us. And, coach, best of luck on Saturday. We really appreciate the time today.
3: Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you, man.
0: Thanks to Coach Fantasy for joining us on 2 Tell Nuances. Up next, we'll hear from Montana sophomore safety Robbie Houck, the son of Bobby Houck, one of the leaders of the defense, one of the best tacklers in the Big Sky Conference, one of the leading tacklers in the entire FCS. He talks a lot about slowing down that Idaho State run-pass option offense and a variety of other things, too, when it comes to homecoming week and the Grizz at large. Here's Robbie Houck.
1: Golter, we know that in Montana there's a lot of hunters, a lot of gun enthusiasts, so you might as well shop local when you're looking for your next firearm or accessory, huh?
0: Selway Army, they got the best prices around and the best service you'll find anywhere. As the guys over there will tell you, shop with Soway Army for a year, we guarantee you you'll save some money.
1: The other thing is they have great knowledge, there's a lot of questions that people have about the right styles and types to suit them and what it is that they're trying to do and All the guys over at Selway Armory know their firearms and ammunition and accessories inside and out.
0: With locations in both Missoula and Bozeman, Selway Armory has some specialty products as well, including full Sig Sauer inventory for your best in handguns and much, much more.
1: Like Coulter said, two brick-and-mortar locations, one in Missoula, one in Bozeman, and also online, tremendous inventory there. They'll ship everything you want, selwayarmory.com
0: so first of all homecoming does it feel any different on campus this week
4: uh yeah you know everybody gets excited about homecoming and uh it's uh it's a fun week uh not only for us but for yeah, the student body and faculty and everybody like that so it's good
0: you're two under i uh, can't bear this defense it seems like you guys are executing a little bit higher level how would you evaluate just the execution so far five games in
4: yeah definitely uh anytime you uh well the longer you are in a system the more fluid you're going to be so uh yeah we uh we know the scheme a little better and uh how all of us play and uh definitely makes things a lot easier so
0: seems like when you master the base of the scheme then you can start adding more details how much of that helped you guys last week
4: uh a lot you know they were uh davis threw a lot of stuff at us and we had to uh adjust to that throughout the week and uh that's a that's a big thing when when you got the basis down and uh you can add on and uh that was that was definitely something that helped us uh out of victory last week seems
0: like moving patrick o'connell here from linebacker to the edge has really helped you guys he's a great pass rusher how do you think he's just influenced you guys defense so far
4: yeah he's awesome you know he's uh he's a really hard working tough dude uh plays fast and physical and that's uh you know what we try to be on defense so that's uh he's contributed well and we uh Hope he continues to do so. with just like everybody else on defense.
0: A couple of those young defensive linemen really stepped up too: Milton Mamula, Jacob McGoring. So, what'd you think of their kind of first breakout performances as Grizz?
4: They're awesome. You know, I always thought those two are—they're uh, going to be great players in the uh, maroon uniform. And uh, they're some—they're big, physical dudes. They look good coming off the bus. So, uh, hopefully, they continue to develop as players and. Uh, uh, expect uh great things from them
0: this matchup's interesting because idaho state they run so much rpo stuff and if you if you sneak they might gash you but if you're over the top they're going to gash you with the run game so as a safety where's your eyes at and what what are you looking for when you're preparing for this offense
4: uh we just keep our normal keys uh probably got to be a little patient with the rpo um and uh that you know they've got a they've got a very good uh skilled group uh the receivers and running backs and uh it's a it's a big challenge for us so it's it's a It's a lot very similar to last week uh, in that perspective, and uh, yeah, we've got a great challenge.
0: Those two receivers, I mean, Mitch Guller goes up and gets one of the biggest guys in the league, and Mike Dean, probably the smallest guy in the league, maybe the fastest guy in the league, so what do you think of just the way they compare and contrast each other?
4: Yeah, well, they're both great players, and uh, we've got our hands full with them. Um, uh, two, Two does a nice job of going up and getting the ball, and 20 likes to you know, beat you with his speed, which he can do. So uh, definitely got our hands full with that, and uh, I'm excited for uh, the matchups and fun to compete.
0: Fun to compete indeed. I think that's a thing that you can say defines Robbie Houck. He is always having fun. He is always competing. One of my favorite players to watch, man. He is so small, and he is so fearless. He just kills people, and he just has no regard for his body. But he has such great tactics and the way that he throws his body around that he never really gets hurt he never even really has the risk of getting hurt he's an impressive player to watch next up a great interview with Grizz senior center size Sturman really enjoyed this one I'm a former offensive lineman myself so I love talking to the the big old boys in the trenches and uh, Cy, really smart kid really thoughtful kid Thought this was a great interview. Here's what Cy Sermon had to say leading up to Montana's homecoming matchup against Idaho State. First of all, talk to me about that element of it. Yeah, I know you played some guard last year, but center's a distinctly different position than yeah. other positions on the offensive line. What do you like about
5: it? Uh, I like how cerebral it is. You know, I, I like thinking football X's and O's, and you know, getting to meet with coaches a little extra, and you know, think about what we're going to do to game plan, guys. And uh, you know, I, I like the responsibility of it, and uh, I like snapping
0: the ball. Seems like it come pretty naturally to you.
5: Yeah, yeah. I, I played a little bit of center like my freshman year in high school, oh, okay. and I feel like snapping the ball is kind of one of those things that like once you you know like riding a bike, you know, once you kind of get the hang of it, totally. you can pick it back up. So yeah, a little bit of a learning curve to do it at the speed that we play at, of course, but it's it's second nature now.
0: The Grizz offensive line last year it was such a huge storyline, you know, just the fact that you guys were young and not a lot of depth, but now it seems like you guys have really really improved. Where have you seen this group grow the most?
5: Um, just aside from physically, right. uh, in, in willpower. Yeah. I mean, we were a ragtag group last year, a bunch of misfits just kind of mashed together trying to figure something out. But all those misfits came back with a with a passion, you know, and we all got bigger, got in, got some help uh, with uh, Big Mo, you know, yeah. coming in and bring some size and some intensity. And that, that's the biggest thing, you know, We we're just we're. We make sure that we bring intensity with everything we do.
0: Last home game, we were laughing so hard because when, Mo- when Moses Mallory pancakes somebody, if he gets on top of them, the way he gets up off the pile, he yeah. makes sure to take his time. He doesn't yeah. use his hands. <laughs> it's got to be one of the funniest things you can watch on the field. But you mentioned just his addition. It seems like he's picked up the offense now and he brings a real physical presence.
5: Yeah, you know, I knew that I actually was his host and I knew when he came here on this special and I knew he had. He, meant business you know he's a competitive guy and uh i love having him on my right side he brings a lot of muscle to the table and we got to get those crucial short yardage blocks i love playing with
0: mo i have angel villanueva i know he battled injury all year last year but they lost a bunch of weight now he looks great i know he, he's kind of been battling a little bit this year too but that seems like he's really taking the next step what's it like having him on the other side
5: you know if i do a 30 for 30 on anyone on the team i'd do it on no angle. doubt what a you story know, he is a fighter and he's battled through so many injuries and he's lost so much weight and he, I mean, he was benched. He started as a freshman, you know, being benched his junior year because of things he was battling through, and then, and then never losing sight of the final goal, coming back and playing this year. He's he's invaluable, you know. I trust him for my life, and I know that when I make calls, he's got him and. You know, I, I feel very comfortable there in the middle with those guys.
0: Coming into this year, I think everybody knew you guys would be able to throw the ball because of the receivers you got on the perimeter, veteran quarterback and Dalton Sneed. But now you guys are running the ball with authority. Too. Last week, 260 yards rushing. So how does that make you feel as an offensive lineman when you're actually picking up that side of the offense as well?
5: It's nice to see the hard work, you know, kind of manifest itself in some way. You know, rushing is, you know, a big deal for us. We want to be as good as we can. You know, if we can run the ball, we can do a lot of things. And um, we still got a lot to work on. And I think, you know, every single game, we cut stuff up, and it's like, man, you know, if only we got that block, we could have gotten you know, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, you know, rushing comes down to intensity and you know, wanting to get that push, and uh, I think we you know, we always get better at that, but it's been a big improvement over last year.
0: When you watch these receivers, if, if teams in this league decide to go man coverage, I'm sure Sammy and Samari and, and Jerry, they're licking their lips, but just those guys' ability to dominate one-on-ones like that, what's that like to watch hey. as an offensive lineman?
5: <laughs> After we get our blocks and balls released, you know, we're chasing after it, but it's like it's like watching a highlight reel. Those guys, the type of catches they make <laughs> right. I, blows me away, you know. It, film doesn't even do it justice. You know, you're, it's amazing the type of plays those guys make, and you know, I'm, we're really lucky as an offensive line to be able to have playmakers like that. And uh, get good chunk yardage, and uh, they're they're always hungry. There's nothing's ever good enough for those guys.
0: Idaho State. The talking points all week have been about Idaho State's offense versus your guys's defense. But on the other side, what do you see at Idaho defense? What are they What are Idaho State's defense? What do they look like schematically?
5: Uh, they're good. You know, they're big, strong guys, and they're hungry, and they get good knockback. They're aggressive. They're going to be a big challenge for us. And uh, you know, we're, uh, we that's why we come out here and bust our ass to try to get better every week. And they're 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 a heck of a football team. Yeah,
0: last, last question: It's a homecoming week here in Missoula. What Where, where's the confidence level of this team? Seems like you guys are increasingly a very confident bunch.
5: Yeah, you know, confidence is always a good thing to have, but I'd say, I'd say we don't <laughs> we don't even think into it that much. It's more about like how confident are you in your job as right. an individual? And I think that that's what this team does great: is we we seg- we segmentalize things. You know, day to day, mm-hmm. job to job. It's never mm-hmm. a you know, what does the nation think of us or what does the town think of us or whatever, blah blah blah. It's you know, did I take good sets? Mm-hmm. You know, did I do good in the gym today? All those types of things. And uh so we take it step by step and uh see the picture unfold because that's that's what happens when you take care of your
0: job. Thanks to Cy Sermon for making his Big Sky Breakdown debut. And finally a guy who's been on the Big Sky Breakdown a bunch, Ryan Tutel, ESP Missoula. Uh, we had to get out of the studio, so the interview got cut off just a little bit at the end here, but here's all his thoughts just on the state of the Bobcats, the Grizzlies, and the rest of the Big Sky Conference, the Big Sky Breakdown. Ryan Tuttle, ESPN Missoula.
1: Golter, we know that in Montana there's a lot of hunters, a lot of gun enthusiasts, so you might as well shop local when you're looking for your next firearm or accessory, huh?
0: So, I Army, they got the best prices around and the best service you'll find anywhere. As the guys over there will tell you, shop with Soy Army for a year, we guarantee you you'll save some money.
1: The other thing is they have great knowledge. There's a lot of questions that people have about the right styles and types to suit them and what it is that they're trying to do. And all the guys over at Selway Armory know their firearms and ammunition and accessories inside and out.
0: With locations in both Missoula and Bozeman, Selway Armory has some specialty products as well, including full Sig Sauer inventory for your best in handguns and much, much more.
1: Like Coulter said, two brick-and-mortar locations, one in Missoula, one in Bozeman, and also online. Tremendous inventory there. They'll ship everything you want, selwayarmory.com.
0: I forgot him in the intro, even though he's the whole point of this podcast.
1: Oh, for God's sakes. How did I not get in the intro? We <laughs> do it.
0: I already did. No, it, you're in there. You're in there. I just listed you last. Uh which is dumb considering you only got two and a half minutes of Bobby Houck and two and a half minutes of Robbie Houck and four and a half minutes of Cy Sermon, and now you're going to get, who 40 knows, minutes 57 gust. minutes of Ryan Tutel, but <laughs> welcome back to the Big Sky Breakdown, Ryan Tutel, joining me, Coulter Nuanez, as always, you can find this podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com, coming to you from the ESPN Missoula studios, it's been great partnering with ESPN Missoula, got all sorts of cool new toys, we can record everything in its, in its glory, Here we are, Ryan. It is October. It is homecoming weekend in Missoula. I was out of practice yesterday. Finally felt like fall. I was thinking, by the way, on the way down there, I was thinking about how a lot of times summer ends so abruptly in Montana because it goes from summer to smoke, and you're just beaten into submission. Like You don't even have the, the melancholy yearning for summer ending because it's just like, Oh, summer's already over. Now we just live in hell. Stay inside. Give me fall. Yeah. I want fall. I want winter because that's better than smoke. But now there was none of that, so I would, I've been now I've been yearning for the summer days, and it's turned into fall. But it seems like we have a distinctly different feeling around the state of Montana. So
1: it's just like living in shares lungs. We've had teams in the in the last handful of years. This is wait it, a minute. You didn't think that was funny at all. You didn't to even share acknowledge. Smoke? For, I don't. I don't get it. know.
0: But I mean. I, I, I mean, it would have been funnier if it was like a clear smoker. I couldn't smoker. think of a
1: good chain smoker, but you didn't even acknowledge that I even said something. <laughs> that is a great joke, even if shared. That's the
0: funniest part about us is when you make a joke that isn't funny.
1: I'm telling you, everyone listening to this was howling. And then they're like, Colter, I mean, give your boy a little bit of love. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Talk football. That's what you got to do.
0: We wrote through hits on uh, KG Easy, Anthony Knocker. Yeah. I did hit earlier this week, and he said, Colter, can you remember a time when Montana Montana State were both in the top ten? And I said, well, Anthony, who's from Tampa Bay, Florida, I said, this yes is I how can. it should be. <laughs> this isn't like a crazy revelation. This is just a recent revelation. But it's been a long time coming. And we talk, you know, first of all, I want to talk about, I always talk about the expectation of excellence that used to exist at the University of Montana. And when I'm analyzing this stuff, That's the expectation that I put upon it. So when I'm analyzing this stuff through any lens that there is, it's not as if I have a rooting interest for or against either Montana or Montana State. I just truly believe that their expectation should be to be in the top 10 in the country, no matter what. That's what the expectation should be given the resources, the support, the fan base, how much of an advantage they have over many teams in their conference, many teams in their division, And now here they are. Uh, So I guess my question for you is twofold. One, does it feel different right now in Montana entering the first weekend of October than it has the last handful of years in terms of college football? If so, why? And second, both Montana and Montana State are 4-1, the one loss to FBS programs, the other all wins against FCS teams. Have you readjusted your expectations compared to what you had in the preseason for the Cats and the Grizz?
1: First answer, the answer to the first question is easy. Hell, yes, it feels feels way different, right? Very different. And the reason it feels different is because it in both cases, in both Montana State's case and the University of Montana's case, it feels real. Doesn't feel like, oh, you know, they, you know, Montana, as you pointed out, very right. Montana was four and one last year. This time, okay, and we all know what happened. But also, there were glaring weaknesses on that football team that you just felt like there's, you know, I thought the 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 U and I win week one was a revelation to me, and it was I was uh, completely impressed. I had the Panthers winning that first game back, but you said, you know, the the return of Hauk in Washington Grizzly Stadium is just going to carry today. He will not they they will not lose, and you were right about that. But the at the end of the day. That team had a lot of talent and it had a lot of failings on it. This team for the University of Montana has a couple of places that are not as high as other places, but in the main, this team is completely solid almost all the way around. I mean, if you're looking for a weakness, it's probably still the offensive line, but it's well documented how much better the offensive line is this year than last year and even is now compared to week one.
0: Go check out SportsMT.com. I interviewed Cy Sermon yesterday down at practice, Montana Center, Senior Center, and we talked a lot about the evolution of the offensive line. And as a guy who obsesses over offensive line play, I can tell you right now it's significantly better, and it's for a multitude of reasons. The guys that are returning are bigger, better, and older.
1: Moses Mallory comes
0: in. They've also had an influx of talent. Angel Villanueva now is a new player. I mean, he's new. He, He was a starter as a redshirt freshman, and it was good. He was very good as a redshirt sophomore, and then he was hurt and overweight and out of condition all last year, and he went through it both physically and mentally where you know, he's doghoused. He's having a hard time. He kind of gets back in the lineup and then gets benched again. In the meantime, he's weighing almost 350 pounds. His back is killing him, and now he's lost all, all the weight. He's down to 301, which is still he's still 6'5", 301. He's still plenty big, but he's yeah. moving way better. He's got a new initiative as a fifth-year senior. You know, Cy Sermon is a different player because he was a defensive end converted to guard who was just a plug last year. Now he's a center and he's uh, he's using his brain. He can be a cerebral guy. He's the second quarterback on the field. So that's a
1: new player. In well, the, as he center. said, right? I mean, that was ex- exactly right. like, you know, what right. He he's, he, he's a
0: new player, as you heard in this interview earlier in this podcast. And then right guard is actually a new player in <laughs> – one of the nastier guys I've seen in a long time, Moses yep. Mallory. I mean, he's he's getting down and dirty, and he's loving it. I mean, he's wallowing on the pile. He's pancaking left, pancaking right. He's a bruiser. He's a mauler. He's everything you want in an offensive guard. And then at the right tackle spot, Colton Kintz flashed potential, showed toughness, but was also overwhelmed most of the time last year. Well, he's up to over 310 pounds, but he also has a competition, and now there's a platoon there at right tackle. And Dylan Cook might be the biggest surprise for anybody on the team. Dylan Cook played quarterback at Butte High School and then played quarterback at Montana State Northern.
1: Now he's and then, 6'8", 320. Yeah, you know now he's know? 6'6", gigantic. 320 pounds. Yeah.
0: But he's still got athletic feet. He was a great basketball player in high school. I mean, not to put too much on the kid, but the fact that he's only been playing offensive line for a year, year and a half, and he's that size, but he still has the athleticism. I mean, he's got unbelievable upside. I
1: mean,
0: yeah. he, he could be... If if he would have started this thing two years ago or three years ago, he'd be an NFL prospect, and he still might be because he is he still has two years left. So what I'm saying is, not only are the guys, and then Colin Beaver is just a bigger, better version of himself at the left tackle spot. So it's not only the guys that are back; they're different and they're in different spots, and they they have a renewed initiative. They are certainly much
1: better. And also the introduction, thank you very much, of Marcus Knight. I mean, Marcus Knight no is is a fantastic running back and he's just better than anybody who was on the team last year at the position and so you know he he helps make your offensive line look good in the run game uh when when he's out doing what he does and you know you get the change of pace with the big bruiser and Nick Ostmo from time to time and and uh and they got it rolling on the ground a little bit the Grizzlies do and they have Tremendous talent now uh, defensively. I think that secondary another year in the system and the guys that they kind of brought along in that way. And especially, you know, and Darion Nash and Justin Calhoun on the outside is is, has been uh, really good. And the point is, is this team is good. And, you know, you talk about the expectation of excellence. And the of excellence is one thing, and that and that's all well and good, and we know that the coaches have it. I know that because you lived it the first time around while you were going through school and everything like that, you've got it and you understand what that means. But expecting to be good doesn't change the fact that the fan base can be and should be overjoyed that they weren't good and now are good again. And I believe that. I mean, that's the thing that – and, again, that's the difference here for this team. They're ranked top ten in the country, right, number eight in the stats FCS poll. But there's a difference between being ranked in the top ten and being a top ten in a team in a nation. And this Montana team is a top ten team in the nation. They're not merely ranked that way, which they were in 2016. They were, It's September 2016, last time they were a top ten team. Sure. They weren't a damn top ten team at that right. time. Right. They were not. And so this team, though, is. And I don't know what that means. I don't know where they end up. I don't know where they go, but it is. Montana's.
0: What's the dynamic in the modern day sports world? Because of social media, because of the exposure, the way that teams use hype or don't use hype is so fascinating to me. Let's be frank about it. Bob Stitt's teams were always overrated because Bob Stitt made them overrated. And it's not just on Stitt. That was just the strategy of the program at the time. We're going to hype every single element. When Brady Gesselsen throws for four touchdowns against North Dakota State, we're going to call Sports Illustrated and say, this dude is the next Carson Wentz. Come to Northern Iowa. Do a story on this guy. This guy's a six foot seven quarterback who could be an NFL draft pick. Blah, 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 blah. Love Brady Gesselsen. We, we had him on the show. He's a great kid. He's a super smart kid. Love hanging out with him. Played golf with him before. He's not he played in the NFL. He no NFL quarterback. Yeah, he was never yeah. even a first-team all-league big sky quarterback. It's just, it's just the facts. Yeah. But you had that across the board with all the hype because of this quote-unquote offensive genius and blah, 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 blah. And then you also you pair that hype with the way that they were recruiting, the way they are using social media, all this stuff. But then also you're at Montana. So you have the brand name of Montana, too. So I right. think sometimes the hype machine can get a little bit out of control. And we talk exhaustively about the ins and outs of everything that's happened at the University of Montana. But to me... My brother played for Montana. He didn't play for a crazy long amount of time. He made it through one season of Bobby Houck, one and a half seasons of Robin Flugrad before injuries, during the second spring under Flugrad ended his career effectively. But he talks about how when you're a young guy that comes into that program, especially under Coach Houck, you have to understand the levels of expectations, but you also have to earn it. Nothing is given to you. And complacency is the biggest plague that any organization, especially of young people, can ever experience. And I think that was the number one thing that infiltrated the University of Montana. So many players thought, well, I go to Montana. Look at how much sweeter my jerseys are and my stadium is and Mm. all these things than Southern Utah. We're just going to beat Southern Utah. We're Montana. They're Southern Utah. Why wouldn't we beat them? Well, if you have that attitude, you're going to get your ass kicked by Southern Utah. Yeah. Bobby Houck is on the other side of the spectrum. There's no such thing as hype. There's no such thing as a great player. Yeah. Dalton Steeds, maybe the best quarterback in the conference right now. And Bobby Houck is not going out of his way to effusively praise him like people that came before Coach Houck in this seat. Instead, one or no, one week at a time, got to get better this week, going to attack this opponent. And It might be exhausting for the media to listen to. It might be not that fun for fans, but it's the right way to go about it when you have a program like Montana. I think riding the hype machine is great if you're at, you know, Name a program, a team that needs exposure. If you're Idaho State, you, you come in and beat the Grizz, hell yeah, you go out there and have a social media campaign about this is one of the great wins in our in the last 10 years in our program. Yeah. you know, Hell yeah, you try to get Mitch Guller, the player of the week, in, on the nation and in the big sky. In Montana, though, I think you got to mitigate that stuff because I think that can be a, a huge distraction.
1: The Cats? I want to jump to the other side because the, the Cats are also not just ranked in the top 10, but they are a top 10 team. Um the cats are so good up front in the offensive line and the defensive line that they're that it's just it's just undeniable. When Troy Anderson is right, and that's a that's a major question mark. I mean, it is not a question mark. He is not right right now. The question is when will he, if he can be, be right? Um, is such a weapon uh, again, like we've talked about all the time, unlike we've ever seen before. The running game, absolutely, uh, also a revelation that. You know, we were all on Isaiah Afonso and Isaiah Afonso is great. Make no mistake how good he is. He is so very good. But obviously it ain't just him because they're getting it done everywhere uh, Run in the running game with like I think six guys now with 100-yard rushing games. And we're six games into the season. Shoot, three guys had 100 yards rushing in the same game. Neither of them were Isaiah Afonso or Troy Anderson.
0: And Demarius Hosey, who's their hot shot three-star recruit from Houston, Texas, he hasn't played since the Southeast Missouri State game. They're trying to redshirt him. Carl Tucker, who's a senior, who's worked his butt off to get to this point, who scored a touchdown against SEMO, hasn't played since then. He's been nursing a foot injury. And Logan Jones, who's a guy who came back from an injury from last year that basically cost him all but four games last year, He's been one of the guys, I don't, I don't think that's been completely unexpected, but he's been way more productive in the first four games of this year than he has at any other time in his career. He was kind of just a spot player, a gadget player, and now he's a real deal, true running back who can give you carries. Then the next two guys, Lane Sumner and Shane Perry probably got a third of a scholarship between them. Yeah. I mean, Shane Perry's <laughs> five foot eight little bowling ball out of Huntley yeah. Project. I mean, he was a he was a state champion sprinter at the Class B level, but... You know, the kid he's a Class B running back who's now tearing it up as a redshirt freshman. Shane Perry straight straight up recruited himself to Montana State. He joined the team which would have been the spring of his redshirt freshman year out of Danville, California, they had to talk to him a little bit, but he was like, yo, I want to come up there and play. Give me a shot. They gave him a shot as a spring ball back, which anybody that's really familiar with college football, you always know the guy who's getting the most carries in the spring is going to be the guy who has the chance to be the seventh string running back at best yeah. when the fall rolls around because they're trying to make everybody else stay fresh, right? If you're the guy that's getting 12 carries in the spring game. You're the tackling dummy. Well, that was Shane Perry. Then all of a sudden, Shane Perry starts to flash. And then all of a sudden, this last fall camp, Shane Perry's gashing people, and then they put him in. He goes for 120 in his first game, and then the second game he scores two touchdowns, and he looks legitimately good. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know. You'd just be like, "These guys are all great." Instead, Logan Jones, Shane Perry, and Lane Sumner—they're—they all three were basically walk-ons. I think Shane Perry got, or excuse me, Lane Sumner got a little bit of money coming out of high school, but that's it. And so they're doing it with guys that they expected to be down on the depth chart, and they haven't missed a beat whatsoever.
1: No doubt. And then defensively, Coulter, I mean, we know how talented this team is. They're dominating up front. They're getting sack after sack after sack, not just Bryce Stirk, but starting with Bryce Sterk. uh, but they're outstanding. And even without having Munchie Filer in there yet, uh, they've been, you know, Great defensively and okay on the back end uh, thus far. And again, part of it is is uh, you know who they've played. They're going to go up against Cal Poly, you know. And they got Cal Poly's great passing for Cal Poly this year, but not going to be great relatively speaking. So we'll see, you know, how that all plays out. But they're again a legitimate top ten team. I do have a little bit more uh, question mark with Montana State than I do with Montana overall, and the reason is, uh, well one-fold, that's sort of twofold, and it is the fact that they're the only one of the two teams that has an obvious and glaring weakness, and it is the quarterback situation that they have, and at some point, to me, that is going to haunt them. It will haunt them. Now, it could have been Saturday against Northern Arizona, where the first thing that happens is a pick six. And all of a sudden you turn around, it's 21, nothing. And (laughs) NAU looks like they're rolling it up against the Bobcats in their home opener. And you go, Oh my goodness, what's going on now? Montana state turned it around and good for them. But Jeff Choate said as much, he's like, you know, it's great that we know that we can come back from behind, but if you put yourself in a position to have to come from behind at some point, you're just not going to do it. We have to be able to take a lead, and just put teams away. And he's absolutely right about that. That said, I mean, this is a, a team that's going to run four, five, six different quarterbacks in there doing four, five, six different types of things and one run game, a zone read game, handoff game, a little bit of the pass game, and and you see what you got, but I think it's a, it is a it is still a problem to me that they have not been able to identify and or groom a guy to just be okay in their eyes. I thought Casey Bauman sort of was that for three weeks. They bring in Tucker Rovig. He clearly was not that uh, last week, and I don't know where that leaves them because you pulled the one guy that was doing okay, moderate, and then you bring in another guy who went, completely downhill from this first week to a second week and if you pull tucker Rovig again that's it that's all for tucker Rovig as far as i'm concerned so i think you know to me it's Bauman's show with obviously what will continue to be a heavy dose of travis johnson presumably troy anderson when he's in there and then a bunch of turn it to the left and hand it off turn it to the right and hand it off uh it makes you Somewhat one-dimensional, but that hasn't been a problem actually yet, and this team, here's the upside, is the best version of the Bobcats by far since Jeff Choate has been the head coach. They are built in his image now, and they are uh, hammering people, and it is fun to watch, and they are really, really good the, the, the I said there was like a one a to that the other one a to that is they don 't have the toughest schedule in the world, as we 've talked about in the conference, and so until the second or last week of the season when they 're at u c davis and we 'll see what u c davis turns out to be um, you know it 's hard to see how much I mean you're going to be you know you can do the test a week in and week out of the Big Sky Conference and in any given week and all that and that is true but also it still ain't Weber it still ain't Eastern okay and and it's not right. going to be Montana till the last game of the season and nor will it be Montana State for the Grizz until the last game of the season so uh, you know y- here's the thing that I'm worried about that you can continue to sit up there and tell yourself that everything is okay or that you can make up for the areas that are not okay because you continue to win football games but guess what at some point when 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 it comes time and you need to make a play and you need to have somebody who can throw the football, it's unclear to me that they will have somebody to do that. That said, at 21 of the 22 starting positions right now, Montana State is in business, and I love watching the Cats play football right now. The second question you asked me, Coulter, is have I readjusted my expectations for what I had in the preseason for Montana and for Montana State? For the Bobcats, the answer is no. And I should be clear about expectations. I don't have expectations in so far as I go. I'm going to make a prediction before the season starts that Montana State goes to the national quarterfinal or Montana goes to the national quarterfinal or something like that. When I, when you talk to me about expectations, it is what represents success for a team in a given season. And to me, um, the playoffs were success for the University of Montana and A buy and or win... A win against a team that isn't incarnate word, I guess, in the postseason would represent success to me for Montana State, and 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 I, uh, Jeff Choate is the one who put out there, you know, having a buy and how important that was, and that that is clearly a goal of this team is to get a seed in the tournament, and so if if they do end up with a seed, then they will end up with a home game in the second round, and that has to be a win for Montana State as well. So if if that's the path that it is, I think until you've won a home game, and which would which does put you by the way into the national uh a quarter final. Uh that would be a successful season and that has not changed for me in terms of what I think that this team is capable of and by the way depending on how the seeds fall they're capable of more than that. For Montana it has changed for me. I I thought I thought the playoffs were successful for the University of Montana. Right now the playoffs is is uh it's not a foregone conclusion because they do have a hard schedule, and obviously you don't know where injuries go and all that kind of stuff. but this is a playoff team all day and all night, and whether or not they get a seed will you know change that, but if you know as we know, if Montana or Montana State has a playoff game, they're going to have a home game and uh and so that is a place where they need to move through and move beyond and I expect Montana to be in the national quarterfinal as well, and again, for both of these teams, depending on where they end up. Uh, in in the bracket, like what the matchups turn out to be. If you draw North Dakota State, if you draw South Dakota State, it's going to be an uphill battle for both of these teams. I don't know that either of these teams are yet at that level, um, but just about anybody else, you could convince me of uh, a win, and. That you know you could see a team in the final four, one of these two schools uh, and and that wouldn't shock me in the least bit for it to get there. Now do, do they have to get to the final four for it to be a success? to me no, not not right now but um, but I expect them to be lurking and to be pushing for that at the least and uh, and that is different for me from Montana. It is not for Montana State because I had that for Montana State going into this year. I did not have it for the Grizz.
0: Talking about the expectation of excellence, I think there also has to be some perspective attached to that. University of Montana was so good for so long. 17 straight playoff bursts, made to the national championship seven times in 14 seasons, 12 straight Big Sky titles. The list goes on and on and on and on, and they won so many playoff games over that span. Montana stayed on the other side. You talk about these lofty expectations, and they're well-deserved. I think Jeff Choate's done a great job getting them to that point of having national-level expectations. Well, you got to remember, I mean, if Montana State was to get a bye in the first round of the playoffs, that would be only the third time in school history that it happened uh, between 2011 2012. I, mean, I guess in 2010, they did as well. Uh, it's 2010, 2011, 2012, they started in the second round without having to win a game. But then last year, when they won that playoff game, that was only their fourth playoff victory since the 1984 national championship season. They beat Furman in the first round of the FCS playoffs 2006, uh, they beat New Hampshire. 2011, and they beat Stony Brook in 2012, but then lost in the quarterfinals in each of those years, and then last year they won against Uncarno, were in the first round, only to lose North Coast State, so any advancement out of the first round in the second round, or out of the second round, into uh, the Elite Eight would be a huge step. And for Montana, at this point in their program as well, I think it would be too, although I think that the Level of expectation, level of excellence will rise once again under Bobby Hawke We'll see how this thing all plays out. Montana, Idaho State, Saturday, Missoula, Montana, Washington Grizzly Stadium. Be sure to check out 102.9 ESPN for your pregame show. Two hours leading up to kickoff, and then for a couple hours after kickoff as well, we'll have all sorts of coverage for you guys. Come see us at the base of the walking bridge right there in the Chamber of Commerce parking lot. Across the street from the press box, we got drinks from the Badlander served in cups from Paul Ryan and Associates. We have the Advocates throwing out some footballs. We got Pepsi providing some beverages. We got Domino's Pizza. We got the Hub if you need some Grizz gear or a clear bag. Whatever you need, come check us out. And uh, thanks to our sponsors for this, Big Sky Breakdown. So away, Armory, Town Pump, food stores. Big Sky Breakdown, MT.com, Skyline Sports, every day, every season.